All right, here we are at episode 11. 11. This one goes to 11. This one goes to 11. Of, of the Disentanglement podcast. And, well, we have some important things to say, beginning with corrections and emendations. So, um, do you want to go take that away? Well, yes, they're mostly minor, actually. Um, a couple of big ones. But a correction from the first episode, I called Doom, which should have been called Dungeon which was a game, I think, believe, made at MIT uh, to be played on the terminal, um, uh, but which was commercialized later as Zork. So that's a big error on my part. And fans, please don't crucify me. <laughs> that seems a reasonable request. Right. Uh, and one other thing I mentioned in the first episode, too, uh, I mentioned trackers, and I confuse those with scripts. And scripts and trackers are distinct things, although both of them are evil and are trying to um, control your mind on the internet. Okay, fair enough. Fair. Uh, that's a legitimate place to be confused. Okay. Uh, yeah, and um, uh, just one more thing too. We mentioned the Cambridge Analytica uh, data scandal. That was not a breach. That was Facebook uh, selling through a third party people's private user data to. Uh, um, this analytical group, which was used to perhaps manipulate elections. So that was not illegal or done by hackers. That was legal hacking. Does that make it worse? I feel like that kind of makes it worse. I think it does make it worse, actually. But okay. I just wanted to, okay. uh, to clarify that. Um, there are probably a bunch of other things, but those are the th two things that kind of, or three things that jumped up at me. The other thing I mentioned is that, uh, I also mentioned that... Four. Four things? Four, <laughs> four things. Um that privacy and security are distinct things, and that is true. They are distinct, uh, but I think I made them seem uh, uh, less connected than they actually are because the fact remains that the more privately guarded your information is, the more secure you are as a person. So I think there's an intimate connection between privacy and security, although they are, in fact, different things logically distinct things yes. well i think the reason we wanted to make the distinction is that a company that guarantees your security can nevertheless be plundering your privacy yes right yeah okay all right so you may be wondering why now at episode 11 are we issuing corrections that go all the way back to episode one and that is actually relevant to what we're talking about in the rest of this episode which is that mr here and i decided when we came up with the idea for this podcast that we would just record 10 episodes and see if like we made it to 10 if we still wanted to keep going if we had enough still to talk about before we decided to do anything with it and well here we are at 11 so we have kept going just like the um, ideal amplifier from Spinal Tap. We have made it up to 11. Up to 11. So that means we've gone back and listened to all of our previous episodes and edited them and put them up. So you have long since heard them probably, or you've just binged and you've caught up here. Um, but it's been a while for us since we started. So that's why the corrections come to mind all this time later. But the topic, what we're going to get into today, is what actually happened when we decided to go public with this podcast, because therein lies a tale, and a, a very illustrative tale for our general topic here. Yeah, so newly inspired by my privacy consciousness, I thought, well, um, if we're going to do a podcast that features privacy as a major component, we should try to produce and distribute and disseminate our podcasts in a 
if not perfectly private, at least privacy respecting way and do it in a way that will not reveal our identities, at least openly. Yeah. Like we realized all along that if ever there were a subpoena issued, there'd be nothing hidden about what we're doing. We're not looking at that level of privacy, but we did want to find out, could we do it without, you know, broadcasting who we were to the world? Yeah. Our email addresses, our names, our credit card numbers, you know. Right. So where this started is in the editing process, in the metadata, I did not put in our names. I put us in as the disentanglers. That is our official name. And then the next part was starting a new account on Podbean, which is the company that distributes. And since there's only a handful of companies and they're all rather huge, I didn't think there was any reason to be, you know, more secretive than that. But you need an email account. So... Well, as I think we've talked here before, I have an old Gmail account, a free one, which means it is totally transparent to Google and um, not very secure or private as a result. Well, reasonably secure, not at all private. So I didn't want to use that. Didn't want to use my paid account that's already associated with my business. So I asked Mr. Here to help me figure out an email solution and you came up with one. Yeah, so I simply said you should create one at, at Proton Mail, which is respected among privacy enthusiasts for being a good solution. It's perhaps not the perfect one, but it's a pretty decent one. Uh, it's easy to use, and uh, it does encrypt your data on their servers. Um, of course, email is not a very secure protocol, but in any case, we thought uh, we would at least go with a service that is not mining you for and not paying you to um, harvest your information. Right. And you could get a free account. And since I was only going to use like a burner account only for this podcast, I didn't need one that had more storage or more significance. So uh, if you would like to email us, we are disentanglementpodcast at protonmail.com. That, nothing secret about that. Okay. So I set up a brand new email account. And since I already have three active ones, you know, all right. So a fourth seems That's to be necessary. That's nothing. I know, I know. You have grand ambitions for a different email account for every facet of life. We, I'm sure we'll be talking about that in the future. Anyway, so now we have the email account so I can set up the Podbean account. Well, Podbean lets you upload a certain amount of data and even release a certain amount on also a paid account, but with um, audio, you don't go very far before you have to pay. And that's fine. Like, I don't mind because my new mantra is uh, if I'm not paying for it, who is and how? So I'm really good now with paying for digital things that I used to feel it was a scandal to be charged for. So, but then I was like, oh, well, if I use our credit cards, that also routes it back to us. So, mister, what was your solution for that? <laughs> well, yes, one? and credit cards actually are quite a problem and privacy invasive. Uh, reality because uh, billing information is required by law, I believe, for vendors to keep for up to seven years. Uh, and so when you, uh, apparently shipping information is not, so that's somewhat more secure for some reason. I just read this somewhere, so don't, you may have, check out, check, check it out for yourself. But Always uh, check what we tell you. Never uh, believe us never just be off the cuff. But, it sh but billing information, uh, I can imagine for legal reasons has to be kept for longer. And so, of course, any bit of data, your real name uh, and your real address being uh, thrown around the internet willy-nilly is going to um, be leaving traces. And so we needed to have a solution for that. So we chose, there are extreme solutions, which is like paying with a privacy coin like Zcash or Monero. Um, I don't think Podbean takes that. <laughs> Not yet. Um we thought we'd go with a middling solution. So we're still going to use our credit card or a credit card, but we're going to do it in a way that is masked. So I read about the solution called privacy.com, 
And what they do is you hook your bank account up with them. Uh, and they are a legitimate company. It's okay for you to do that. And then they will issue masked cards. That is a card with brand new number, uh, date, um, security code. And you, when you go to a website, you basically make up everything else like the name and the address so i have to say i got a little carried away this was so much fun i put down our address as a hotel in Juneau, alaska just so the only place you know we don't live is in (laughs) Juneau, alaska yes that seemed very exotic to me we are not in Juneau, alaska privacy.com so so we were able to pay with a with a masked credit card through privacy.com. Okay, so that worked. I was kind of surprised, but it did. So no problem. So now we've paid for a year of pod of Podbean um, distribution with a uh, anonymous email and mm-hmm. an anonymous credit card. Yeah. So this is looking really good. And the metadata is is um, anonymous. I, I don't know. Maybe it retains something about what computer it was done on, but I don't think so. Anyway, so then I upload our ten episodes so far, you know, and I set up the the metadata for the Podbean for the podcast itself and you know just brief little comments for each show and the only thing that remains to be done is well i i commissioned a a logo um i guess that was after really okay so all that was left to be done is to go through distribution so with podbean it's up instantly they have their own distribution and you can use their app or whatever so the the two big ones that you really want to get into if you're a podcaster are google podcasts and apple podcasts formerly known as itunes and those are not hosts they're simply distributors they they're kind of like a, a search right when you search for a podcast you search through those portals right right and they distribute others like spotify and stitcher and things like that so okay so here I am trucking along, feeling really good that I've like passed all these hurdles. And oh, and I'm doing all this on a separate Podbean account from any other, if I have another podcast, I'm not using that account. <clears throat> and I'm on a VPN, I'm on a private window. So even the distribution, I feel like I'm fully covered. So I go to Google uh, Podcast Distribution and I click on it, and it, you know it tells me put in the RSS feed, blah blah blah, to their little thing. And so I do that, and Google accepts it, and then I get this confirmation page of what information I want shared about it. And I'm looking right back at the page that shows me it has associated itself with my Google account. The email address it's offering to the public is disentanglementpodcast at protonmail.com, but it knows it's me. Like somehow, even using the VPN and the private window and the different account and everything, I did not realize that Google's tentacles run so deep that it still knew it was me and was instantly going to affiliate me. And at this point, it's too late. Like there's no disaffiliation. It's already, it's already, the connection has already been made. So even if I like I backtracked and scrubbed, Google knows because Google knows everything because that is their goal, you know, organize the world's information so we can control everybody. Yeah. And you probably did slip up somewhere in some way. But the fact is, actually, I just recently heard Google is announcing that it is not going to be using cookies anymore. Really? Which, of course, sounds great because we've been fighting cookies for years. What are they using instead? Precisely. Donuts. Precisely. We we cannot uh, imagine that somehow they're going to get rid of something so useful as cookies without something more nefarious and more capable behind it. And that uh, probably involves all kinds of what's called browser fingerprinting. Um, and it's just let's just suffice it to say we'll talk about this another time that it is very easy to figure out who you are. Very, very easy. Yeah. Even without cookies. So at this point, after all these triumphs, I've completely blown our cover. So kind of despondent yeah, and, and then i and go then, okay and then, then then we talked about for a long time okay 
Well, yeah, we, the other one is Apple. Well, right? yeah. So then I went to Apple Podcasts, and then this was super weird. I, I tried. So in order to distribute to Apple Podcasts, you have to use your Apple ID. So I was like, well, let me just start a new Apple ID. And so I use one affiliated with the ProtonMail account, and it went fine until ultimately you have to put in a mobile phone number. Like everything else, you could cover your tracks, make up something fake, but you have to have a real mobile phone number. Like you're not allowed to do business with Apple unless you have a mobile phone. And I mean, this is like the new, like, you know, passport. Passport, your papers for existence. You know, you have to have a mobile phone number. So then I talked to you, mister, and I was like, okay, are we going to get a burner phone number? And we can't just like get a one off usage. You can do those. We ha- It has to be perduring because any business that comes up, any like security confirmation, we still have to have the same mobile yeah, number. So I, yeah. So I thought about it for a while. And, I, and there are a number of solutions for voice over IP numbers. And um, had I my quiver, of numbers ready at hand, I would be ready to associate one of those with an Apple ID and it would have been no problem at all. Or at least we would have moved on to the next step because I've heard that actually is a problem, especially if you're using a VPN uh, and that there are lots of tricks to getting an Apple ID that is new and um, somewhat private. Uh, But that's another story. Uh, Though I was not ready um, to sign up for one extra number for this one project and being committed to paying for that forever. Yeah, with our cover already blown through Google. Yeah, when our cover is already blown through Google. So I figured, well, I mean, we're just putting it up for distribution through the Apple ID. We're not actually disseminating it under your name. So it at least will be masked. Well, sort of, because, okay, so then what happened is I had to choose, I actually have two Apple IDs, one for my old Gmail account, one for my more private account, neither of them with the ProtonMail account. And then both of them failed at different points. Like the, yeah, the we've it been just upping our load. security and privacy lately, and we've been changing settings and messing with stuff and doing things that make browsers break. Yes, and make Apple not want to do business with us. I even tried using Safari because it's their browser, and like it, it pegged out even sooner in the process. So this went on over several days, and then finally I was like, "All right, I'm just going to try turning off the VPN." And of course, it instantly went through. But um, the result now is that um, on my creator page for Apple Podcasts, my other podcast that I may or may not have, and this new one li- live side by side. So the one under my actual name and the one under the Disentanglers are. Now, I know this is really ridiculous because of voice recognition. Like, there's no way, you know, I could conceal my identity if somebody was really determined to figure out who I was. But, um, it just goes to show how hard it is to keep these traces off of you and to do anything that is genuinely private. Yeah, and this is just like one layer of separation. We're not, we're not talking about hiding ourselves from state actors who are able to surveil the whole network. Yeah, or and, stalkers. And, and, or and, and do like criminals. DNS backtracking and, and who've set up, you know, a dozen Tor exit nodes so they can track everybody. Right. But, you know, what this ended up raising for us both is kind of like one of the bigger questions we'll need to address over the history of this podcast, which is the problem with aligning everything you do online with your biological identity and aligning nothing you do online with your biological identity. And like both of those are clean solutions and both of them are hugely problematic. Yeah. 
But that leaves the big messy middle of how you figure out what is identified directly with you and what you keep your distance from and why you would do that in either case. Yeah, so I've been struggling, you know, uh, we've been doing this now for like over six months. um, So it's taken us time. Uh, And I still have my Gmail account. And that's what I use for everything. And I've been going through and deleting old accounts. uh, But I've been trying, okay, I'm going to get a new account. And obviously, there's no really compelling safety reason for me to do it. It's just a kind of moral outrage or desire to get out of the system. Uh, but Not I've been, feed the beast. Not it's feed the beast, right? Theme. So I should do that. But every time I stop, it's not, and it's not just the convenience, it's something a little more than that. It's something deeper than that. And I, um, I've been reflecting on what that may be. And I've come to the conclusion, at least, at least um, temporarily, that the reason is that our email has become a kind of identity. Uh, a durable identity hmm. and um, changing that is um, somehow I don't know it's a very it's a, it's a difficult thing to do not just practically but somehow there's I, I don't I have some kind of resistance in there that's not just technical or practical there's something more than that and then when I think about a possible solutions of course um, I think of it will eventually move towards a place where we have compartmentalized email addresses um, for different aspects of our life that we want to have varying degrees of security and privacy surrounding them. Um, but I'm not quite there yet, and I don't quite know what to do. I mean, I know I have various um, blueprints that have been forwarded, then put forward to me, but I need to just start working and working on it and figuring out how to do it. But I've been resisting because of this notion, this identity notion. Yeah, well, I think we, as modern people, feel how fragmented ourselves are, our relationships, our identities, so we don't want to push that further. The problem is our genuine identities can now be tracked and exploited at scale by both digital commerce and government. So that means like the sort of naive, intuitive way of being a person in the world is now a liability, but in order to fight it, you have to like feed into the social and psychological disorder of the time as well. Yeah, it's a dilemma. So what's our takeaway for this episode? What's our hot tip? <laughs> I think Time hot... travel backwards, just be just after dentistry, just before well, I the think, internet? Uh, I think uh, a tip is to uh, get used to having compartmentalized identities and try to figure that out. I mean, the way I've... Compartmentalized digital identities. Digital identities. I think, like, we'll end up probably having one for finances and critical things that are business and family-related, right? One for business, that would make sense. Uh, One for personal contacts, that would make sense. Mm -hmm. Probably another for, like, junk. Uh, uh, And um, then I'll probably sign us up for an email masking service, like Simple Login, where we can sign up for all kinds of different things under different names. So that will kind of keep you from being tracked across different websites. So, I mean, it's going to be a more complicated solution um, than just using one email address, but it's going to be way more um, private and way, and because of that, way more secure. Right. And it'll be if, if someone does steal one of your identities and it's only one and not all of them and not your real person. Right. So anyway, uh, Keep tuned. Stay tuned. Uh, we'll inform you. I will eventually get out of Google and start moving towards something else. Um, uh, but again, this is a marathon, not a sprint. And um, yeah. All right. Breathe. Yeah. And if you figure out who we are, we won't hold it against you.